well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I am so glad you're with me on the program today. We're going to be talking with Paul Vallone of Grassroots North Carolina here in just a minute. You know, we have reached the uh, stage now in the uh, gun control movement where they're just putting barriers in place, not because of any honest uh, reason other than to make it more difficult, more problematic, uh, more legally dangerous or dubious. Maybe invade your privacy if you're exercising your right to keep and bear arms. And we're seeing this taking place down in North Carolina. Uh, we're going to get into this with Paul Vallone here in just a second. But before we do, you know, a Biden's America is crushing us. You got companies laying off tens of thousands of workers one after another. Americans working two jobs just to get by. Inflation pushing hardworking families to the brink. Just look at the price of lunch meat next time you go to the grocery store. And a digital dollar could be coming down the pipeline to completely destroy our way of life. Truth is, you need a plan. You know it, and I know it. And that's why you should call Gold Co. So you can diversify your savings and investments with gold and silver before things get worse. They're an Inc. 5000 winner, six-time Inc. 5000 winner, 2022 Company of the Year with thousands of five-star reviews. And they've helped people like you and me place over $1 billion in gold and silver. They're offering up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last. And if you call them today, qualified callers will get a free Ronald Reagan half-ounce silver coin. So don't wait. Call Gold Co. at 855-412-3806 today. That's 855-412-3806. All right, let's get into this with uh, Paul Vallone from Grassroots North Carolina, because this is some unbelievable BS that is uh, coming down the pike here. Uh, when it comes to concealed carry instructors and uh, attendees of concealed carry training courses. Take a look and a listen. Paul, thanks so much for coming on the program today. I, I got to say, you know, even though I live in Virginia, I subscribe to the Grassroots North Carolina email alerts. And uh, when this one came across my inbox last night, first thing I did was shoot off an email to you say, come on, can you come on the program today? Because this is some unbelievable BS here. Uh, what's going on with these I wouldn't even call them new requirements because it sounds like they're just throwing these rules in place without going through the proper procedure to change uh, the rules and regulations regarding the concealed carry courses. Uh, you're thank, First of all, thank you very much for having me, Cam, and you are absolutely correct. Uh, understand that we are dealing with Attorney General Josh Stein, who quite probably has never met a gun he wouldn't ban. Uh, and this guy wants to be our next governor. He will be the Democrat nominee. So um, we've had a concealed handgun, a shall issue concealed handgun law in place since 1995 without problems. Um, yet, uh, over the past two weeks, instructors started contacting me, telling me that they had been issued on June 23rd, they were issued a memo with new standards for instructors. And the new standards uh, basically would make it harder for people to get the training needed for a concealed handgun permit in North Carolina and probably suppress the number of applications that are received. Um, essentially, the probably the worst, uh, I guess, provision is that an instructor now would have to submit a so-called pre-delivery report 30 days prior to scheduling a class. So that means everybody has to do everything 30 days out if I'm a concealed handgun instructor, which I once was, I was I let it go, but I was one of the first in North yeah. Carolina, and I get three or four people together who say, hey, we want a class. What are you doing next weekend? No go. 
All right. Oh, I'm sorry. I got to give you 30 days. I got to submit a report. It's got to have the potential number of students in the class, et cetera, et cetera. And by the way, the instructor would now be required to keep a permanent record, a roster of students who took his class, uh, even though most of those people or many of those people uh, won't actually go on to get concealed handgun permits. Some people take the course just to learn how to shoot better and to learn the law. Right. And they don't actually they don't actually apply for a permit. So the state already obviously has all of the records, uh, a database of people right. who apply for concealed handgun permits. Now they want data on people who don't apply. And so we are, I just sent an open letter to the attorney general, basically tell him that we're going to hand him his tail if he continues to do this. So, oh. um, so, so it's the AG's office that, that sets these regulations. Is that right? Yeah. North Carolina. Um, and you know, it varies from state to state, but in North Carolina, the North Carolina Department of Justice, which is run by the Attorney General, um, runs the North Carolina Criminal Justice, uh, I believe it's NC, North Carolina Criminal Justice Education and Training Standards Commission, which actually administers the uh, rulemaking for the concealed handgun permit system. And quite frankly, we feel that what they're doing is a violation of North Carolina general statutes. Because what they've done is they've sent a memo to instructors, 2,100-odd instructors, um, who, are, by the way, are now receiving our alerts. Um, but um, they sent a memo to the instructors saying, on October 1st, this is what's going to happen. Uh, by the way, we're going to have a meeting on August 9th. So there will be a meeting on August 9th. But the fact is they have promulgated these regulations without public input in violation of the law. Um, but if the AG is the one that enforces the law, <laughs> Paul, you know, uh, is he going to police himself? I and mean, what, what's the, what's the recourse here? Um, well, the recourse is going to be political, probably. And you are correct. This is a lot like uh, Merrick Garland's Department of Justice uh, administering, you know, um, justice to Hunter Biden. Good right. Luck with that. But anyways, and matter of fact, we have said that um, this is very much it's a misuse of a uh, governmental agency, much like Joe Biden is misusing the ATF to harass gun owners and gun dealers. So yeah. um, if they force us to, the recourse is we go to the North Carolina General Assembly, which now has a Republican supermajority and did something just like this recently when they revised the uh, regulations uh, and the, the statutes regarding uh, the North Carolina State Board of Elections. And so if they force us to, we'll do this legislatively. Do you think that this has anything to do with the uh, the push for constitutional carry in North Carolina? Because I, I know one of the amendments that uh, was floated uh, would have said, OK, listen, uh, you don't need to have a concealed carry license, but you need to have undergone the concealed carry course. So we know that you've got training. Yeah. It, it, do you think this is Stein's way of saying, all right, well, if that happens, uh, the state still is going to have a list of everybody who went through that course. We sh we're still going to know who these gun owners are, who these gun toters are walking around in public. Uh, that's an excellent point. Um, actually, the way the uh, House Bill 189 reads at present, OK, is that um, it wouldn't require the full concealed carry course because that actually requires live fire training and whatnot. Okay. Uh, all, it, all it would require is a brief course on 
uh, rules governing the con governing concealed carry, the laws. Okay, um, and it could be done online in a variety of other ways uh, per the bill. But yeah, I, I wouldn't doubt that um, this is Josh Stein's way of complicating that. And you are correct in saying that if we managed to pass House Bill 189, this would be a complicating factor. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and you know, listen, even without House Bill 189, I mean, this, as you say, is very, very troubling, um, both from a, a trainer's perspective and a trainee's perspective. Right. Because as you guys note in your alert, this is an invasion of privacy. Um, it's one thing to say, OK, the state's going to have a list of every concealed carry holder. Um, again, I think that's one of the reasons why we have constitutional carry now in more than half the country is because we don't like uh, gun owners uh, appearing on a list somewhere. Right. Mm -hmm. But but now this is going to have a chilling impact, I think, on education and training. It's 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 my decision as a gun owner whether or not I want to go take a carry course. Um, why on earth should the state have any expectation of knowing, uh, you know, who has gone through these training courses? Look, it's a benefit. I don't think anybody's arguing against training, but why does the government need to know the list of uh, the names of every attendee for these courses? What is the what's the ostensible purpose for this? Oh, I can tell you the ostensible purpose, although they won't admit it. The purpose is that you can't ban what you can't find. So as they institute gun bans, they need to know where the firearms are. Look yeah. at the state of look at the state of New York. Uh, the SAFE Act. They started sending people letters after they decided that they were no longer qualified to own a firearm. Send send them a letter, tell them to turn them in, or uh, the uh, state police show up at your door. Um, this is the, the the way of leftists everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And as for the uh, the 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 you know pre pre delivery report, there's also a post delivery report that these instructors are supposed to submit Correct. right uh, after. Uh, the uh, training classes uh, take a place. But, you know, I, I was talking with a firearms instructor just this past weekend, um, came down, we were doing some shooting. And, you know, this is uh, this is not his full time job. Right. Mm -hmm. This is something he does on the yep. weekends, on occasionally, whenever he can put a class together. And it's not uncommon for him to have to cancel classes. Right. You know, he's got something prepped and all of a sudden, well, now all of a sudden half my class decided they can't make it this weekend. The, the converse of that is that uh, all of a sudden you may find on a Thursday afternoon that there are four or five other people who want to sign up for your class on Saturday. Um, mm -hmm. what, what would happen under these regulations? Let's say that you got an instructor, something like that happens. Guy comes in last minute. Hey, can I take your course? He says, sure. Even though he's already filled out his, you know, pre-delivery report and that person is not listed there. What are the consequences for not following these regulations that the attorney general wants to put in place? That's a damn good question. Uh, and it hasn't been answered by what they have said so far. Uh, maybe we'll find out on August 9th. Uh, and by the way, the um, the commission has told us that it would be unproductive for a lot of people to show up on oh. meeting on August 9th. <laughs> oh. And so uh, I, I, oh. have, I have bad news for them. <laughs> Man, that makes me want to drive down. Where where is this going to be in Charlotte? <laughs> No, it's going to be in Raleigh. Um, oh, even fact, closer to where I am, Paul. There, even there better. Even better. Come you on might, down. <laughs> I might I might just have to hop in my car. That's only a few hours away. Because uh, this is unbelievable. And I do hope people show up. Uh, again, I think, uh, what, what, what you know, this is just my perspective. But what I see here is a petty tyrant trying to put some ticky-tack rules in place just mm -hmm. to make it as difficult as possible 
for those Big farms instructors, for those people who are who who want to exercise their right to keep and bear arms. He knows he can't pass gun control legislation through the uh, legislature. Yep. So 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 this is what he can do, right? And you're right. This is just like Joe Biden and the ATF. What can we do administratively? To, to make it harder for yep. folks who want to be law-abiding, who want to be responsible gun owners, because ultimately that's that's their goal, right, is to eradicate gun ownership. And it's easier to start with lawful gun owners than it is violent criminals because they're not going to give up their guns. Yep. I mean, bingo, you've hit the nail on the head. That's exactly what they're doing. And um, we, of course, will be having uh, alerts. We sent out the open letter, uh, in theory, giving them until Friday, tomorrow. Um at 5 p.m. to either rescind or mitigate the regulations. And I'm quite certain that they will ignore that. And so we will begin uh, issuing alerts, uh, basically lighting them up um, with uh, constituent input. And of course, one of the axioms of activism is that you don't go after bureaucrats because they don't answer to you. You go after the elected official who hired the bureaucrats, and that is Josh Stein. So if he wants a nice election issue for the gubernatorial run, we're going to give it to him. And uh, we will be issuing alerts. They can go to grnc.org, and they will see our alerts on the left side of the page. Just click on that, and that will have all of the alerts that uh, we will send on there, including all the details on attending that August 9th meeting. Okay. Listen, while I've got you here, i got to ask you another concealed carry-related question, because we're not only are we seeing uh, Josh Stein jerk gun owners around, but you've got the sheriff there in Mecklenburg County, uh, who grassroots North Carolina, you guys have filed suit uh, over these unconscionable delays in processing concealed carry licenses. He's submitting these mental health uh, requests to the VA, uh, even when folks never served in the military. And so the VA is taking forever and ever to get back uh, to the right. sheriff and say, sorry, we don't have any records. In the meantime, you got people who are waiting in some cases over a year for their mm -hmm. carry license to be processed. Now, I know that you all have sued over this oral arguments in this case were held not long ago, right? That is correct. Uh, matter of fact, a couple of weeks ago, we had our hearing on the issue. And uh, although the judge is an Obama appointee, um, I would have to say that on at least part of our case, he seemed favorably disposed um, on the as applied portion of the case. Um, there were some other things that he was less seemed to agree less with, but um, we're still waiting for a decision on our that, that was a motion for preliminary injunction. OK, uh, which, of course, they issue if they feel the case has enough merit that it is likely to win. And so we're just waiting for his decision right now. And um, uh, once we see that, I mean, the, the case, even if he decides against a preliminary injunction, that doesn't mean it's over. And quite frankly, if we have to go to the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals, we will be happy to do so. If we have to go to the North Carolina, to the United States Supreme Court. We will be happy to do so. The fact is that this uh, Gary McFadden, um, the guy, the sheriff who has his own reality show called I Am Homicide, get that one, um, this joker um, thinks he can obstruct the per the, uh, the permitting system in Mecklenburg County, and we're not going to allow that, that to happen. Well, good for you for staying on uh, this issue. This is a, and, and, you know, I've even seen some local media coverage that uh, has been, I think, very, very favorable uh, to the gun owners in question who have been waiting. Uh, you know, what, what's the longest that you've heard that someone has been waiting for a carry license in Mecklenburg County? Do you know? I, I think the longest one, and this was a, a few months, this was several months back. I believe the longest one was 13 months. And this, by the way, under North Carolina law, it should be issued or denied within 45 days. Okay. 
they're using or McFadden is using uh, a loophole that need, that requires the mental health checks to be returned before you can issue. Well, he doesn't have, even have to do mental health checks, but he can do them if he chooses to under the law, and he can delay the permitting system or the permit until the mental health check comes back which of course is why he's deliberately flooding the Veterans Administration with records requests in order to deliberately delay permits. Yeah, I mean, this is crazy. And, and you know, if my concern is if the judge says, yeah, you can't do this, then McFadden says, all right, well, you know, what? I'm just going to ask every hospital in the country, right? Maybe, maybe, maybe this person, you know, we don't know. This is such an abuse of the system. Uh, and again, you know, these rules were put in place, I, I think with, you know, good expectations, right? Or with good intentions where we, we want to make sure that somebody who's not a prohibited person uh, is getting a hold of a gun. But as you guys have noted in your court filings, mental health records are already reported to NICS, including VA mental health right. records, right? So this right. really is a duplicative request. Yep. Um, and it is, you're right, it's not a loophole. It's just an attempt to, to do an end run around the law to deprive people of exercising their right to keep arms because mm -hmm. it sounds like Sheriff McFadden isn't a big fan of people doing that. Yeah, you, again, absolutely correct. Um, if we have a concern, uh, one of our arguments was that the system, by allowing this, is unconstitutional. Un and unfortunately, um, that is an argument that seemed to be less well-received by the judge. Yeah, well, I, again, this is what the uh, the Court of Appeals is for. <laughs> this is what the Supreme Court is for. And uh uh, hopefully there is at least some relief provided to the uh, plaintiffs in this case going forward. We'll keep our eyes on this. And of course, when you get that decision from the judge, Paul, you know, you're always welcome back here on Cam and Company. Well, thank you. And uh, we will be issuing as soon as we get word, we're going to issue something to the world here and let them know what's going on and whether or not their rights are being supported. Yes, so again, indeed. They can and sign up for our alerts. GRNC.org. GRNC like grassroots North Carolina dot org. And we'll be following what's going on with these uh, regulations for uh, trainers and trainees there in North Carolina as well. Paul Valone, thank you so much for all you do, and thank you for your time today. No, thank you for all you do, Cam. Thank you for having me. I appreciate Paul joining us on the program. We're going to be following both of those cases out of North Carolina, the uh, nonsense going on with the uh, training requirements. And I mean, the training requirements, just the, 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 the bureaucratic BS that they're trying to put in place, as well as the ongoing lawsuit there against the Mecklenburg County Sheriff. Right now, let's turn our attention to today's Armed citizen story, our good deed of the day and our recidivist report, which is both infuriating and heartbreaking. I, th this could have been, honestly, this could have been a, a, a program all of its own. I'm going to try not to spend 15 minutes ranting about this, but this bugs me. Oldham County teacher tried to help Washington man charged in his murder court document show. The Oldham County teacher in question was a high school teacher from Kentucky who was visiting Washington, D.C. over the Independence Day holidays uh, and was getting ready to do like a, a, a teacher's workshop. Basically, he had gone with his family a couple days in advance. They wanted to do all of the tourist things. Wednesday, July the 5th, uh, Maxwell Emerson, just 25 years of age, shot and killed on the campus of the Catholic University of America. On Tuesday of this week, police arrested a suspect in Emerson's murder. 22-year-old Jaime Maceo, also known as Jaime Macedo. Um, it just turns out surveillance footage captured the minutes before Emerson's murder. They show him emerging from a metro station, subway station in D.C., where he's approached by Maceo around 7.30 in the morning. Uh, Maceo apparently asked for money. Hey, man, you got a couple of bucks to help me out? 
I will say that every time I've run across somebody like that in DC, man, eyes forward. I just keep walking. I, I don't like it, but on the few occasions that you try to help, sometimes you do get followed. They won't let you go. And that's what happened here, it looks like. Emerson offered him a couple of bucks. Maceo then starts following him down the street. Uh, at uh, 7.55, they're seen on a bench at Catholic University where Maceo picked up Emerson's backpack. That apparently led to Emerson to say, hey, man, give me that backpack bag. There was a fight. Then the teacher was shot in the stomach. Maceo flees the, uh, fl- fled the scene and again arrested earlier this week. According to WDRB, this is where we get into the recidivist report part of this story. Court documents show that Maceo is a repeat felony offender who continued to be placed on probation. He's had three convictions in the past three years and has received probation in every case, even though one of the cases was for a violent burglary, another was for violent threats, and even worse, prosecutors say Maceo continually violated the terms of his probation in each and every one of those cases without consequence. Failing to report for mental health treatment, failing to report for substance abuse treatment, failing to report for drug testing. When he did show up for drug testing, he tested positive for cocaine. And again, the criminal justice system in Washington, D.C. just shrugged. Now prosecutors are trying to keep him behind bars without bond until his murder case goes to trial. And in their uh, request, uh, they said, quote, the defendant was already on probation in three cases at the time of this instant offense, including a crime of violence and a gun possession offense. He's been given repeated opportunities to attend drug and mental health treatment programs and was placed back into the community even after he violated his probationary conditions. So the question is why? Washington, D.C. has all kinds of gun control laws in place. In fact, I I don't know if Maxwell Emerson was a gun owner. I don't know if Maxwell Emerson carried a fireman in the constitutional carry state of Kentucky. I don't know. But I know that Washington, D.C. makes it damn difficult for somebody like Maxwell Emerson to carry when they visit our nation's capital. Not only do you have to apply for a non-resident permit, which can take months, but it's almost impossible to know what is and isn't a gun-free zone because of all of the federal buildings. So even if Maxwell Emerson wanted to carry a firearm for self-defense while visiting our nation's capital, D.C. doesn't make it easy to do so. And if he were to get arrested, well, that would probably be one of the cases that the U.S. Attorney's Office would bring. Unlike about half of gun possession cases in D.C., which end up with charges being dismissed. When these cases do go to trial, again, far too often, when we're dealing with violent offenders, the result is a slap on the wrist. At best, right? And oftentimes, not even that. In his most recent case, according to WDRB, Mateo was sentenced to 120 days in jail after being convicted of attempted threats, but that 120-day sentence was immediately suspended. And again, this comes after at least two other prior convictions, including one for a violent burglary. What does it take to get tough on violent offenders in Washington, D.C.? What does it take for Joe Biden's U.S. attorney to give a damn, to bring these cases forward? What does it take for the district attorney in Washington, D.C.? The AG is what they uh, call him, the uh, Carl Racine. What does it take for, for these offices? to move forward in addressing violent crime as opposed to continually saying, well, the answer is we need more nonviolent possessory offenses 
that used to be covered by your right to keep and bear arms. We want to continually restrict your right of armed self-defense. Meanwhile, guys like Jaime Maceo get repeatedly caught possessing a gun, committing a burglary, making threats, and every single time. Don't do that again. Now, Maceo's facing murder charges. He's ended up on the front page of the Washington Post. He's led the nightly news. Now, now officials will take him seriously. If they had done so a little earlier, maybe Maxwell Emerson would be alive. Today's Armed Citizen story from Atlanta, Georgia. We don't have a lot of details in this case. We do also have an update, though, for you in yesterday's Armed Citizen story. Um, this is the uh, headline from Fox in Atlanta. Fatal shooting in College Park appears to have been self-defense. Uh, and that is according to the uh, police there in uh, College Park, Georgia. Uh, officers responded to the scene at the uh, Camelot condominiums in uh, College Park, according to the uh, South Fulton Police Department. South Fulton Police uh, initially detained a woman, described her as a person of interest, but uh, since then they have said that they believe the woman shot the man in self-defense, and the uh, investigation is ongoing. The uh, man's name has not yet been released. They've not released the uh, victim's identity as well, probably won't. Uh, so far, no word on a motive, again, other than to say that the woman uh, is believed to have shot the man in self-defense. So hopefully we do get a little bit more information, but it might take some time. Uh, but as I said, we do have an update for you on yesterday's Armed Citizen story out of Alabama. Uh, Magnolia Springs, Alabama, Baldwin County. Uh, authorities say that uh, they were en route to a home in Magnolia Springs for a report of a burglary in progress when they were informed by dispatch that the burglar was dead. They say the uh, homeowner shot and killed 54-year-old Noah Hastings in the front yard of the homeowner's house, uh, but only after what investigators say was an intrusion by Hastings into that home. Uh, just moments before the shooting, investigators say Hastings walked up to the back door forced his way inside the house, passed the homeowner's daughter, and then began acting in a threatening manner. Now, what's interesting here is Hastings apparently lives in the neighborhood, but the neighbor said he had never seen him before. He had no relationship with this guy. So a stranger just walks into his house, starts uh, threatening the occupants inside. Got an Andre Reed with the Baldwin County Sheriff's Office says, well, they were under the impression that he was going to assault them or do them harm. That's what they truly believed. And so getting them out of the house at that point was priority one for them. So that's important to, to, to note here. Even though this guy walked into the house, was presented a threat, homeowner didn't immediately grab a gun and shoot him. He tried to de-escalate that situation. Get out of my house. Get out of my house. Eventually, the homeowner and Hastings got into a physical altercation inside the home, and the homeowner was able to force Hastings out into the yard. That's when deputies say the homeowner grabbed his gun. So he's, the, the immediate threat at that point is over, or we think, at least momentarily. Now I can grab my handgun, make sure this guy doesn't come back. Well, according to authorities, uh, quote, once he made out in the front yard, he ended up destroying some property out front. The homeowner went back out front to confront him about that. He was armed at that point, and Mr. Hastings picked up one of the items that he had broken and held it up to our homeowner and indicated he was going to kill him. It was at that point that authorities say the homeowner felt like he had no choice but to protect himself and his family. And again, he fired the uh, shot that uh, killed the intruder. Investigators say that uh, given the evidence available to them right now, they believe the homeowner had every right to defend himself. They have not brought any charges. Um, the uh, police spokesperson, 
Captain uh, Andre Reed with the Baldwin County Sheriff's Office says, uh, what we'll do is we'll keep uh, compiling all our information, all our data. We'll keep reviewing that. If something changes in the meantime, we'll change it. But until that happens, what we'll do is just get that information together, send the case off to the DA's office and the grand jury, and let them review this death. But uh, again, at this point, sounds like the homeowner well within his rights and well within reason to believe that his life was in danger there in uh, Baldwin County, Alabama. But we will continue again to keep our eyes on this story and give you more information if and when it becomes available. Finally today, our good deed of the day in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing. This man right here, an off-duty firefighter in Tornado, West Virginia, Joshua Taylor, who was in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing when his neighbor's home caught on fire. And he was able to save that woman. He said... uh, she said, help me, I'm burning, and I just immediately went into action. Just no fear. As WOWK reports, the fire broke out of the Pine Meadows apartment complex. Taylor uh, said his neighbor's in a wheelchair. Couldn't get out by him, uh, by herself. He said the fire was really intense in that room when I first went around the corner. He said the only thing I could think about was just getting her out and not even worrying about my safety. Uh, multiple crews responded to the fire on Tuesday night. But uh, fire, fire officials say the uh, blaze was put out quickly because Taylor was already on the scene and helping to evacuate the building. Captain uh, Greg Whited with the Tornado Volunteer Fire Department says thanks to the quick actions and the training of the fireman that was here to rescue the lady. And he was also shutting the door behind him. He actually saved this apartment building. He did a great job. Could not be more proud of him for what he did. Uh, both Taylor and the woman suffered from smoke inhalation. The woman had some burns on her hand, which were minor. Uh, neighbors reports she also had some burns on her side and her back. Not only was the woman able to get out of her apartment, but her dog and two cats were also able to make it out of the fire safely, according to uh, firefighters and neighbors. Again, uh, all because of the quick thinking and the fast action of Joshua Taylor, a a volunteer firefighter there with the Tornado West Virginia Volunteer Fire Department. We thank you, sir, for your very, very good deed. Now, that is about all the time we've got for you here on this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. But I want to thank you for being a part of the program, as always. And I'm looking forward to being back with you again on Monday. But don't forget, between now and then, we will be updating BearingArms.com with all of the latest Second Amendment news and information from all across the nation. Uh, Not only myself, but uh, my colleagues Tom Knighton, John Petrolino, uh, Ranjit Singh. Uh, all with uh, news stories at Bearing Arms today. And, of course, we'll keep you covered throughout the weekend as well. If you like what you see, I'd encourage you to become a VIP member or perhaps even a VIP gold member, which would get you VIP access to all of the town hall media family of websites, including Bearing Arms. Just go to bearingarms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNRIGHTS, and you can get a significant savings on your membership. Is our way of saying thanks for showing your support. We're going to be uh, giving you exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. New stories and analysis that matter because so does your support. So thank you again. All right, we'll see you back here soon. Until then, be well, be safe, and be free.